FASWA is a podcast about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit saswhat.com. This is Saswa, a show about Bigfoot. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined today by my pal, Mark Matsky. Greetings from Northeast Ohio, a place that Bigfoot seems to be ambivalent about, <laughs> quite honestly. Yeah, he doesn't care. Um, he, he makes infrequent stops in Northeast Ohio. Occasional, occasional stops. Top five. It's in the top five on the BFRO database. Oh well, yeah. this is a that that is a, that is a statistic you will hear at every single Bigfoot Library event in the oh. state of Ohio. They they love trotting that out. It's in the top five on the Bigfoot BFRO <laughs> database. <laughs> um, so so anyway, we we wanted to catch some of these letters. We've been getting letters, um for like three months and haven't read many of them if your if your letter got overlooked by us i do apologize we just things get left sometimes we read everything and we we send them back and forth and we usually comment on them but occasionally especially when i get this far behind in recording episodes um we can yeah kind of leave them out and also greetings to our uh our 97.1 fm wadsworth listeners uh, I forget. I forget to mention that you guys are listening occasionally. So, if you're a fan of the show and you're listening on the radio, maybe hop on our Facebook page, give it a like, let us know you're listening on Wadsworth Radio. And um, by now, the Sasswat meetup has already happened, so there's no point in me even pimping it on this. Oh, oh what has not happened is Minerva Monster Day um, taking place on September 23rd and 24th. In, in beautiful Minerva, Ohio, um, if you're in the Ohio area and you want to come out, uh, please do. It's going to be an awesome event we're having uh, on September 23rd, which is not Minerva Monster Day, but we're, we're bundling it in with Minerva Monster Day. It's kind of like our pre-Minerva Monster Day kickoff event. We're doing an amateur all-ages film festival. Um, if you make a movie or your child makes a movie... Um, Submit it at the MinervaMonsterDay.com website, and you can win prizes. We've got a whole bunch of prizes we're going to be giving away. Uh, we have, like, a, a night vision camcorder and a whole bunch of other stuff that's going to be given away. And you'll also get to see your movie on the big screen at the Roxy Theater, where Minerva Monster debuted over a year ago, actually. So um, so we're doing that. And on on Friday night, September twenty third, and then uh, Saturday is kind of the big Minerva Monster Day event. So we're we're having uh, Lauren Coleman come up, and he's going to talk, and um, we're going to have my buddy Dave Knopp, who does the Knopp Top uh, DIY filmmaking uh, YouTube channel. He's going to be talking about filmmaking. We've got. Uh, a whole plethora of movies we're showing and shorts we're showing. We're going to show the Mystery at Loch Ness short film. We're showing Bigfoot out of or Sasquatch out of the shadows, or is it Bigfoot out of the shadows? Maybe it's Bigfoot out of the shadows. I think it's Bigfoot. Okay, and those are both made by my friend uh, Alexander Petikov, and he the the Bigfoot one. I have to say, 
Mystery at Loch Ness is a cool little short, and I enjoyed it. That's why it's playing at the film festival at Minerva Monster Day. But um, the Bigfoot out of the shadows looks leaps and bounds beyond that. He got himself a drone. It looks great. The footage in it looks great. And he's spending a lot of time on this. It's actually a YouTube series. And actually, if you're hearing this now, you can actually go on YouTube and watch at least the first episode of Bigfoot Out of the Shadows. It should be up in his channel by now. Um, But he's going to premiere the third episode at Minerva Monster Day. And the third episode is actually going to have purported Bigfoot talking. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so he said he actually went out with this guy in, like, Massachusetts or something, and uh, they recorded some really weird stuff. So he he put it in the episode. So anyway, he's going to be there showing that. We've got I've Seen Bigfoot, which is a documentary that has Roger Patterson and not Roger Patterson. That would be really creepy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, Gimlin, Bob Gimlin. uh, He's in it, (laughs) and... uh, a uh, whole other mess of uh, Bigfoot uh, people. Steve Calls is in it, it, just talking about their Bigfoot sightings. And it's a really well-made doc. We actually saw some of it last year at the Burr Oak thing. Of course, Bubs is getting in his annual appearance on the show. He's whooping. Yeah. It's, uh, he knows what else coming. Beast Wait. of Whitehall. We're yeah. sc- screening Beast of Whitehall. We're doing Minerva Monster, obviously. We've got something in the woods yeah. that's going to screen in the evening, so we're kind of excited about that. And it might be screening outside. I'm not 100 percent sure yet. We're we're when they did Minerva Monster at the Minerva Oktoberfest last year, they actually showed it outdoors in the park, and I guess it was really cool. So we're going to possibly try to duplicate that experience by showing something in the woods outside. So, and then I guess the other big thing is we're doing a sneak preview of uh, Boggy Creek Monster, the third Small Town Monsters movie. And you'll get to meet myself and Brandon will be there. Mark will be there. Uh, Andy Matsky, Prez Matsky will be there. Lauren, Lauren Coleman. um, The whole Small Town Monsters crew that went down for Boggy Creek Monster will be there. Nice. Um, So so we're going to have a whole event in Minerva this year again. And there's some still some surprises coming. There might be something massive, actually. I haven't figured out yet if it's going to happen, but we, we have some Mark smiling because he knows what it is. But if we can get this off the ground, we could have a really cool uh, addition, addition to the to the event. So We're going to trap Bigfoot in somebody's yeah. backyard. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the cool addition. No, but if you're if you're in the area or out of the area, I guess we have people coming from all the way down in Florida again. So, um if if you're really into this subject or or you're just kind of moderately interested, we're showing a whole bunch of crypto movies and, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. So come hang out with us in uh, in Minerva and and the event is sponsored by Sasswat and it's sponsored by Small Town Monsters and it's sponsored by Creature Weekend and it's sponsored by Monsterland Ohio Radio, hosted by our very own Mark Matsky and. Andy Matsky. That would be me, mm-hmm. would it not? Yeah. So this episode, uh, we're going to get into some recent Ohio Bigfoot, but before Are we do there? that, yeah, I just got like a, a connection problem. Okay. Hold on. It's giving me a, it's giving me a warning. Can you see me at all? Okay. You I are now I'm, moving. You were okay. still. <laughs> all right. So anyway, this is an Ohio Bigfoot 
episode, but before we do that, we're going to read a couple letters. Our first one I'm going to read came to us from Sarah. It says, greetings from Montana. Dear Mark and Seth, greetings. I hope you are both well and enjoying the long 4th of July weekend. That's how old this letter is. <laughs> I've been listening to Sasswat since its early days, and I'm a big fan of the program. I, pre- I appreciate your skeptical approach and entertaining style. Seth, your journey into big footery has paralleled my own in many ways, and I am sorry you will be leaving the show, although I am sure you have your reasons. I look forward to seeing what Small Town Monsters will bring us in the future. I work in a used bookstore and occasionally, very occasionally, a Bigfoot-related tome will come into the shop. Recently, I picked up Nobody Meets Bigfoot by Marianne T. T. Place. It's a kid's story about a young teenager who goes on his first Bigfoot expedition up Bluff Creek. It was an enjoyable read, if for no other reason than that it shows the state of Bigfoot research really has not changed since it was published in 1976. I'm wondering if Mark knows anything about Marion Place. From what I've been able to find, she began her writing career in my adopted home state of Montana before being bitten by the Bigfoot bug. I can't find too much information on her, although I know she's written many books on our favorite subject. I'd really love to know more about her background. More recently, I came across a little book called The Story of Lige Coleman. Coleman was a ranger in Washington and Oregon in the early 20th century. Flipping through the book, I found a chapter entitled Great Apes of Western America. Turns out Coleman claims to have been present for the infamous Ape Canyon incident. Although he gets the dates wrong, he says it was 1926 not 1924, as usually reported, and states it was a misunderstanding on the part of the superstitious old-timers who were prospecting there. Needless to say, it was exciting to find this account in this thoroughly random book. I wrote a little bit about it on my blog. She gives her uh, blog address, which is sasquatchandfriends.wordpress.com. If I'm not mistaken, she has written about Sasquatch on there as well. So make sure you visit her blog. And wanted... To share it with you because you might appreciate its contribution to the crazy world that is Bigfoot history. I'd also like to invite you guys to our Big Sky Bigfoot Conference here in Montana, October 21st and 22nd. It's our second year. We have an amazing lineup. It is going to be a fun patty anniversary weekend, and it would be awesome if you could see your way to attending. Anyway, thanks for all your work on Sasquatch, Monsterland, Ohio, and Small Town Monsters, and happy Independence Day. Happy Independence Day to all our listeners, and to Sarah as well. Sorry for just now getting to this. And if I'm not mistaken, you're a big fan of of Marion Place, right? Well, yes. I mean, this is an assignment that needs to happen, because I do want to find out more about her as an author. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is Place's work that basically introduced me Yep. to the topic as a kid. Uh, first, it was Bigfoot. Um, on the Track of Bigfoot was the first one I read. Then uh, Bigfoot All Over the Country, and the book that Sarah references also was uh, a big one for me. Um, because, I mean, part of what that that does, especially for a young reader, is that it, it you know, you're identifying with a, a child in the story, and uh, one that there is a type of connection that uh, develops between the young protagonist and the Bigfoot creature, which is sort of, you know, wish fulfillment for any kid that's reading that book, because obviously you would want to have sort of a friendly uh, relationship. And it's more realistic than, like, say, a Harry and the Hendersons type story. It's a very realism-grounded book. Um, Something 
I want to say that Marion T. Place was a teacher for a while, but that's mm-hmm. that I don't that's just an impression. But that's definitely an assignment that I want to take on is find out more about her. Um other letters. Do you have anything else? I do. Thanks for the letter, Sarah though. And Yeah, and, and you know what? That that trip would be a lot of fun. I'm not it sure. It really would. I'm not I don't sure. think it would work for me. Yeah. Unfortunately, I am looking at October and I do have an event I've got Bigfoot uh Bigfoot Days at Beaver Creek State Park. We're actually screening the movies, both of them, at uh Beaver Creek Bigfoot Days that wow. same weekend. Yeah. But that's the area of the country I've always, always wanted to me go. Me too. See. Yeah. You know, you can Adrian's, take a train from yes, Chicago yes. out to... I, uh, I was literally just about to say that because Adrian's cousin... Yeah, Adrian's cousins just went there on their like family vacation. They took the train from Chicago, went out there. It was a two-day train ride. Well, it's like 28 hours. Okay. Um, you, you are on this train, and then they got out there, and they stayed at... Glacier. Glacier. They yeah, stayed it, at Glacier. It takes you right there, doesn't it? I yes. mean, it like drops you off at Yeah, Glacier and I National guess all Park. they did for like four days is ride horses around the park and <laughs> hang out. And I was like, gosh, it's like my dream right there. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. So other letters. Okay. Now this one was accompanied by a sound grab. Mm-hmm. Do you still have this email? I don't know if you can insert that in the show somehow. or I, um, I do if I don't have it, you can send it to me unless I... Let me see. Okay. It's a, it's a Sasswat mail, right? Right. It came in on July 21st. Uh, the only thing I got on July 21st was from Scott Rochefort. I don't see anything else. Let okay. me see here, though. Okay. Well, I'll read the yes. accompanying um, yeah. information. It says, I recorded this 2013 on Mapleton Street, Southeast, Stark County, Ohio, less than two miles from my first encounters where I grew up. I was staying for a couple months at my parents to house sit while they were in Florida. I walk out on my parents' porch in the evening. I hear a really profound whooping call that reminds me of my camping experiences from 1991. I go back inside and brush my teeth. Then it dawns on me I should go back outside and try record this strange noise. By the time I go back outside, it was further away, but I did capture the noise. With enhancement, you can hear it quite clearly. The sad part about audio captures of supposed Bigfoot is no recorder can capture the caliber of intensity these things can put out. In 2016, I was watching an old episode of Finding Bigfoot called Coal Miner's Bigfoot. In that episode, they come across a recording very similar to mine, and they are ecstatic over it. Well, it's the same exact whooping in my recording. My audio also sounds similar to the Sam Houston audio on SasquatchSounds.com. Theirs is far better and obviously longer. There's a weird overlay with one of the whoops that puzzled me. It sounds like an edit, but it's not because I had the original file still on my iPhone. It was later revealed to me the overlapping whoops was from two different sources. So they were possibly communicating to each other and one was interrupted. Dang, I'm looking at this place on the map. I know exactly where this is. Um. Yeah, that's what I thought. Freak coincidence. This is across the street from the Black Run, which I think is a river that runs directly behind the Caden's house. <laughs> no way. Yeah, dude. Wow. I'm looking at it right now. I thought. I thought when you said that because they actually sent. Did you say the address? Okay, I'm gonna have to edit that out if you did. Um. Let me see. I can't remember if you actually read it. 
or did you see yeah over? i did okay i'll have to well it's just it's not a street it's the street but not the address okay cool. not the number all right cool um so you want me to play this let me see yeah m4a is that sounds there's two files in here sounds m4a i guess let's play it see okay what happens. so i think this is their their sound mm-hmm I mean, personally, I would. I. It sounds like a person. That's that's what I. I mm-hmm. mean, that's what I'm hearing. He did send a another sound here. What is the other one? Is this is this is this says thinker thunker on it? So I'm assuming this is. It might be that, the same in a wave wave file. No, I don't think so. Oh, whoop amp sounds clean. Uh, all right. Well, either way, that's it was cool. I like. I like when people actually send us audio. I got some audio last week, actually, that someone sent me because of the <clears throat> Carrollton Library thing we did. I talked to a guy who had recorded some audio, and again, uh, not far at all from the Caton's house. Hmm. All roads lead to uh, Minerva. Yeah, that river or or creek or whatever you want to call it that runs to to where this this that sound was recorded. That is. That, that river runs behind the Caton's house, hmm. which is also what connected Paul Hayes. Because Paul Hayes Creek, there's a uh, creek that runs behind Paul Hayes' house. That creek runs into that same river or creek or whatever. But, but, but either way. All right. We got to get on to our topic of this episode because I know we have more email. But if we don't, we're not going to we're not going to be able to get anything in. So, um. So yeah, we we wanted to talk. We wanted to broach the the Bigfoot in Ohio subject again because typically, when we've talked about it, it's been historically minded. We we you know I think we've talked a little bit about like Big Head and Orange Eyes and that kind of stuff, but we haven't spent a ton of time talking about more recent sightings. And um, so that's what we're going to do today because Ohio, like we said jokingly at the beginning of the of the episode, is considered the kind of the the mecca of Bigfoot of late for some reason. I think probably more due to marketing than <laughs> than anything else. <sighs> what? Yeah. But um or certain conferences taking place here and stuff like that. But um there there are pretty consistently reports coming out of Ohio. Um so I pulled a few which is it's good that I didn't pull a ton because we only have like twenty minutes now left in the show to go into this. <laughs> so <laughs> So uh, I I did pull a few. the 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 thing we have to mention real quick is I don't know if you remember this, and this isn't directly Bigfoot, but I had to I had to bring it up. But the Minerva Park monkey. Oh yeah. Today, yesterday there was another possible sighting of that howler monkey in Minerva Park. 
So today, members of the CPD Mounted Patrol were searching that area. NBC4's Renee LaSalle is in Minerva Park with details. And for those officers, I think it's safe to say, Renee, this was not a typical assignment. <laughs> Dwayne, in fact, one of those officers did say he never thought he would be searching for a monkey. Now, it happened obviously here in Minerva Park. You can see all of the wooded area behind me. It started last Thursday. A resident called police to report a monkey sighting. Well, last night, there was another potential monkey sighting today. Four members of the Columbus Police Mounted Patrol Unit joined the search for that animal. Now, take a look. The person who spotted that monkey last night was able to grab a cell phone photo of what they think is that howler monkey. Police say that the Mata Patrol units are more equipped to search the heavily wooded terrain with the horses and be able to look in the trees up above. They do think it is a howler monkey and they say that it can be aggressive and potentially territorial as well. The police have searched the area pretty extensively. They started on Stonehenge, did a two to three mile search. So far though, no luck. Searched all the woods, ravines, so so last year, um, actually in February of this year, the the state was abuzz with the Minerva Park monkey down in Columbus, Ohio. That's right. Um, the Minerva Park monster was a joke that was pretty consistently being sent around. And there is a great photo I'm looking at. I don't know if you've seen the photo of of the of the amorphous blob people were referring oh. to as the monkey. So. I didn't know that existed, but they actually had. And and the other thing, I don't know how this story ever wrapped up. Do you? Did did no. they catch? Okay, so it pretty much just disappeared. Yeah, but they um, were making T-shirts. I know that for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> th the article I'm looking at is from NBC4 down in Columbus. Mm -hmm. Another person is claimed to have seen the mysterious monkey of Minerva Park, and he says he got a picture of the primate. Like Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, and aliens, the Minerva Park monkey continues to elude capture by authorities. Eddie Rogers and his niece snapped a photograph that he says shows the monkey just moments before it ran back into the woods of Innes Park. The animal, believed to be a howler monkey, was first spotted last Thursday by a Minerva Park police officer. Today's sighting is about a mile and a half south of Minerva Park. Rogers says at first he wasn't sure what he was looking at. It kind of looked like a bear until it got closer, Roger says. It wasn't a cat, wasn't a dog, definitely was a monkey. Police have been on the lookout for the monkey ever since it was first spotted sitting on a fence on Lakewood Drive in Minerva Park. Ohio Department of Agriculture put out trail cameras over the weekend with the hopes of catching their own picture of the animal, whatever it is. They collected the cameras Monday and reviewed the images, but there was no sign of a monkey. Roger says his morning encounter with the animal was brief. I guess he noticed us uh, standing up, and then he stood up and took off running. Adam Turpin of Scram Wildlife <laughs> Control says Columbus police asked him to take a look around Innes Park Monday. Turpin says the photo is inconclusive and he saw no sign of a monkey. We certainly saw a lot of deer on our investigation, but no tracks, no droppings, no evidence whatsoever of any non-native exotic pets, Turpin said. Anyone who sees the animal is urged not to approach it, but to call police right away. And I'm trying to, I, I'm going to continue because I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but this story blew up, folks. Like if you're, if you weren't, in Ohio, you might not have been aware of it, but I'm looking at the three related stories, and one of them is actually called CPD Mounted Unit Hopes to Rein in Missing Monkey. And this story was about a mounted 
uh, horse mounted patrol of police officers chasing this monkey around uh, the Columbus area. Columbus police were up to some monkey business Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> the department's mounted unit joins the search for Minerva Park's elusive howler monkey. It started Thursday when a witness called to report a monkey sighting. Officers used pictures to determine which sort of out-of-place primate they were trying to track down. Monday night, a second monkey sighting was reported, only this one was caught in a cell phone photo. Tuesday afternoon, four members of the mounted unit combed a two- to three-mile stretch near Stonehenge Drive, searched all the woods, ravines, golf course, looking for this monkey and not coming up with anything says CPD mounted officer Ron Zaleski. Never thought I'd be looking for a monkey. <laughs> Officers may search the area again Wednesday. Ohio Department of Agriculture says there are only 10 licensed monkeys in the area and none are missing. Police say howler monkeys can be aggressive and territorial. If you see the missing monkey, call 911 immediately. This is this is crazy to me because it reads exactly like an old newspaper article from the 40s or 30s or 20s. It's it's giving no okay. They've basically just shot down their own theory that it's a missing howler monkey when there are no missing mm-hmm. howler monkeys. The zoo wasn't missing any. Licensed local you know owners of exotic pets weren't missing any. So plus it's running around during the middle of winter down in Columbus. What do you think the odds were this was a juvenile Bigfoot on the loose in in Columbus? Oh, close to hundred percent. Right. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. You know what's weird though is um this is 2010 or 2011 when you remember that story out of Zanesville where a guy had a private yeah. menagerie and yep. offed himself sadly and released the yes. animals the only animal that I believe was unaccounted for in that whole debacle was a monkey um that had you know leapt into the trees and was gone so that that's that's somewhat speculative of course but mm-hmm. it's only about 50 miles from uh, Zanesville to Columbus and uh, I've never heard anybody make that connection maybe it's you know way off but uh, as far as That's a naturalistic explanation is concerned that is interesting yeah. I, I've, I've got a officer as well out on routine patrol had seen this monkey on a fence evidently and reported it and the rest is history we're still looking for it they, they can be aggressive. You know, you might have a monkey that might be in the 30 to 45 pound range. Um, you know, they, they have significantly large canine teeth, so they can be, they can be aggressive. Well, the reality is it's uh, a wild animal. And like any wild animal, you don't want to try and approach it or feed it or try to capture it. Uh, they can be territorial, so, you know, we're asking that if people see them, they do not go near them. Please call the police, call the ODA hotline if you see them. We have no idea at this point uh, who the monkey may have belonged to or where it came from. We have, of course, no idea who this animal belongs to. Um, no one that we know of in the village has pulled a permit for an animal like this. You know, it is challenging with so many houses in the residential area to find to find something like this. I've got a bit of an update on the on the missing monkey. This was from, and I think I'm going to have to insert some of these TV news bits because oh. it is it's absolutely fascinating to kind of follow the story. But this this was the most recent article that ran on the on the Minerva Park monkey, and that was back on Friday, March 11th. Uh, so they started in February, and they were still writing about it in March. And this one, the title was. Minerva Park, still missing a monkey. <laughs> uh, this is 
I got to give credit to Lori Kurtzman who wrote this because this is fantastic. Let us pause for a minute to remember the howler monkey of Minerva Park. A month ago, he was all we could think about. That blurry image of his hunched, hairy body haunted our dreams. Bananas tasted like fear. And then we kind of forgot about him. Since February 12th, no one has reported seeing the fabled primate in Minerva Park or anywhere. He hasn't popped up to loot Village Hall or terrorize innocent golfers. His throaty shrieks haven't been heard echoing through the trees. And so we must ask, with all due respect, was there ever a Minerva Park monkey? Um, Kim Noose certainly believes so. The Minerva Park police chief has to consider three similar reports from people who don't know each other and have no reason to perpetuate a hoax. A cop saw a monkey. So did a newspaper carrier. So did an elderly woman. That last witness reported her sighting at 10.30 a.m. on February 12th, eight days after the initial spotting. She was driving just north of the Minerva Lake Golf Club when she saw some critter lumbering along the ground. She headed straight to the police station and took noose to see where the animal had left tracks in the fresh snow. She couldn't believe what she was seeing. The article goes on um, and just talks about how they never found the monkey. So the, the Minerva monster... Is actually the Minerva Park monster, and it's a missing howler monkey that they don't know where it's missing from. It's just a escaped m- a monkey. I, it, Mark, the only problem with your idea is how the heck would it survive in the frigid temperatures of the winter in in Ohio if it was that escaped? Yeah, I monkey? don't. I don't know. Um, that's a good question. Although there, the winters are milder. Uh, surprisingly so. Uh, you don't have to go very far south in the state for there to be a, a significant difference, at least in snowfall. I mean, it gets mm-hmm. cold and stuff, but but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, We it, do have a history of devil monkeys in Ohio. This is correct, yeah. Could just be a descendant, a, a devil monkey descendant. Mm-hmm. I got, I'd, I'd love to do a movie about the Minerva Park monster. If there had just been a little bit more to the story it could have been our follow-up to minerva monster you're you're exactly right though as far as fitting the template that is recognizable you know for guys like us who dig into these things uh it it definitely moved through you know the series of of events and the ways that these things get reported um to a t i'll try to include some audio from from those news articles too because these are this this was great. I mean, it was everywhere in Ohio. Um, what do you got for us? Well, as far as modern reports, you know, I wanted to get into some areas that you don't usually think of when you think about Bigfoot, and certainly extreme northeast Ohio is one of those because, you know, it's not it's not as you know, rolling terrain. I mean, if you if your idea of where Bigfoot should be is sort of the Pacific Northwest as far as topography and scenery. Uh, this is not it. Um, now, that's not to say that it isn't wooded and that there aren't waterways and so forth, because there are, but it's relatively populated. Um, there's, as far as cover is concerned, I mean, there's some forestation, but there's usually people around, even in the outlying areas. For believers of Bigfoot. Take a look at this. A footprint seven inches wide from toe to toe discovered and documented in Ashtabula County, Ohio. It's a small town about 60 miles northeast of Cleveland. 
Now, the woman who took the picture believes it is real. She says she knows all the wild animals around there, and this was no animal, definitely not a human. Now, according to a group called the Bigfoot Field Research Organization, Sasquatch sightings are not uncommon in Ohio. In fact, they have logged... But for whatever reason, back in 2013, there was a minor flap in the community of Geneva, Ohio, which is in Ashtabula County. Uh, it's about uh, 15 miles or so east of Painesville, Ohio, and all of this is sort of right along a major interstate I-90 uh, going east to west. Um, it kind of began ABC News, believe it or not. On September 17, 2013, uh, abcnews.com ran a story about a giant footprint that was found in somebody's backyard in Geneva, um, which with uh, they don't have the full dimensions of the, the track, but they have a picture of it, and they claim that it's seven and a half inches wide and was an inch and a half deep into mud and uh uh, Wendy, who is the experiencer here, said, I took a picture to show my mother's husband, who's a hunter, and he said it wasn't a human's. I'm not claiming that the footprint to be anything. I don't know what it is. But then the, the um, article goes on to say that this family recalled multiple incidents in the past five years in which she and her husband came across something not human. Uh, they hear knocking sounds on the walls of their house late at night. She remembers a time when she saw a figure in all black running across the railroad tracks. Um, they've heard loud growls outside. And she said, I never walked backwards so fast to get back in the house. I couldn't see. It was so dark back there. The growl was impossible to duplicate and made her husband's hair, quote-unquote, stand up. I didn't believe in the Sasquatch before, Wendy said. In fact, I'm still fighting it, but I can't make sense of that large footprint. And that's interesting in and of itself. However, um, not much more than a week later, September 22nd, same year, uh, in Geneva, Ohio, the Columbus Dispatch reported that a woman saw a, a Bigfoot in sort of a classic uh, drive-by situation. Um, he was leaning out the window. Yeah, he was. As he, as he flew right. by. Yeah. He had a, yeah. He, egged, he actually <laughs> egged her house. <laughs> Just mean-spirited. Yeah. Up here. But um, driving home after a night of playing cards with friends, when she saw something moving across a field, first she thought it was a dirt bike in motion, then she saw it was massive in size, standing on two feet, really tall. Uh, I was driving west. It was on the north side of Route 20 before Northridge Taxidermy, she noted, and um, which is interesting detail for me because I know right where she's talking about um, he was coming sideways from me. He was big, hairy, muscular. I slowed down thinking we we're going to collide, and all of a sudden he was gone. And the the article doesn't go into any more detail regarding what she meant by that last statement, um, but I, I just guess she means that her perception of the creature stopped City, at yeah. that point. I don't think it means anything more than that necessarily. Um, then the article goes on to say, you know, she called Doug Waller of Sospi. They sent some people up to take a look. Uh, they found tracks 17 inches long and 8 inches wide. And then um, that's pretty much it then for Geneva for a while, just these isolated uh, cases and statements. But then there was one where uh, a possible daylight sighting along I-90 near Geneva, and this was in uh, submitted in March 2013. 
but uh, I won't read the whole thing. But the whole the basic gist is that there are people driving around on I ninety. They just passed the Lake County Ashtabula County border, and looking over to the wood line, and about a hundred yards from the roadway, uh, they saw something about nine to eleven feet tall, brownish gray in color, walking east, then turned south towards the Grand River. Um, that that's kind of an amazing story to me. I mean, she said that people slowed down to see it, but I-90 is heavily trafficked, mm-hmm. and it's a 70-mile-per-hour zone along there. So whatever you're witnessing, you don't have a lot of time to see it. Um, not, you know, I'm not discounting the sighting, but I travel that stretch quite a bit. And, and, that, and that's – is that – I'm reading about the same stuff, but it's from a different article that ran in the Norwalk – Reflector Norwalk, home to the one of my favorite Ohio Bigfoot stories, the Norwalk ape mm-hmm. from the early 1930s. Um, this article says that that happened at a place called Hogsback Ridge. Yes, in Madison. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you know where that is? I do. I do. That is an amazing name, Hogsback. It Ridge. is, and not far from there is uh, another awesomely titled park called Hell's Hollow. Oh yes, and that yeah. is. And the thing about it is that these these parks and these wild areas and wilderness areas are indeed um, pretty rugged. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Grand River cuts through all of this land, and what looks like mostly farm and pasture land, when the Grand River comes through, it goes down to a river valley that's probably at least 80 to 90 feet deep. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the case of Hell Hollow, you know, if you want to walk down to the river's edge, you can, but you're going to go down about 260, 270 steps to get there. I'm so, trying to to dig up. I actually just found another sighting report um, mentioned in this Norwalk article that apparently happened in 2011, researched by the Ashtabula Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, which I didn't know was a... A thing, Astrobula. Yeah, actually, keep talking. I'm going to try to find okay. some some details. On well, this. and and a little closer to home to us, there is even a sighting report coming out of 1981. So it's been a while, but uh, this is at Payne Falls, which is south of I-90. Again, a fairly uh, wild seeming area, although uh, you know there's residential properties all around. But uh, a lady was just uh, at Payne Falls Park. This is another of the Lake County Metro Park system. And a relatively unpopulated day at the park, which uh, many of these are because they're fairly remote. And uh, she just was sort of settling in, sitting on a picnic table, happened to look over and caught sight of a what she described as a Yeti standing in the woods not too far away from her, and it fled as soon as she noticed it. But she was just incredibly shocked, as you would be, because, um, you know, uh, even as these are forested parks and so forth, I don't think anybody in Lake or Ashtabula County goes to any of these places to walk or to look at the waterfall expecting uh, a Bigfoot sighting that day. I've got got the deets on this. So so this is... um it happened on July 15th, um, 2011, in Geneva. Um, 
I was out in the woods of Ashtabula County, Ohio, in the Geneva area. I was picking up wood for a fire we were going to have at the neighbor's house. Left my truck at the road and walked into the woods to find some of the better wood and logs to use. I was coming out of the woods with some wood to put in the back of my truck when a big, hairy, upright creature ran across the road and disappeared into the woods in four steps. I got in my truck and drove up there, turned my lights on where it went in the woods, and I saw two yellow eyes glowing at me, and then they were gone. I'm 5'10", and the creature towered over me. I would say it was easily 6'10 to 6'4". Or seven four. It is about by far the scariest experience I've ever had. As an avid hunter, I can tell you that I have never seen anything like this, and it was surely not a bear. Eight o'clock at night, uh, July fifteenth. So it wouldn't have been dark yet, um, but but probably dusk. So and that's in that same kind of area. I, exactly, I'll tell you what. Yeah. I've, I've got another one. These are taken off the BFRO. Um, I got another one from Geneva State Park. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gene- Geneva on the Lake State Park. Did you right. know about this one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Which is gonna... crazy because it's it's right. uh, it's so populated. I yeah, mean, it's, it's I mean, so well traveled, and Geneva on the Lake is a community unto itself of wineries and miniature golf, and uh, uh, there's an amusement park there for a while. I don't know if it still exists or not, but it's just not. And Geneva on the Lake, the state park, just abuts that whole area, so it's just wild. Not discounting it, but just. This is far from a remote, unpopulated area that we're talking about. Uh, yeah, uh, Geneva on the lake, a man and his wife saw, let's see here, approaching the first curve just outside the parking lot, and I noticed something walking about 50 to 60 yards from the road, moving in an easterly direction. First thought, it was a person. I told my wife to stop, and she saw it too. She said it was furry, but at the angle I was looking, I was unable to make out anything except a very dark figure that seemed tall. It was definitely walking on two legs. My wife t- later told me that she saw arm swing. In an instant, it was gone. Got out of the vehicle, walked about 40 yards in. I'm trying to find out if there's anything more to this. Did you? No, I, I did not. This, this dig to me, into that one. straight up sounds like a, uh, they saw a guy. Out <laughs> for a walk. Yeah. I, I really think that's what it seems like. And I'm not trash in the sighting it's just you're in an extremely populated area it seems like they're assuming it was bit a bigfoot because when they uh got out of the car they whooped and something whooped back right you're you're in an extremely yeah extremely populated park um so that one i find a little less right i mean people without knowledge of the area geneva state park or geneva on the lake state park is um it's a beachfront park you know, right. it's it's not it's not a Salt Fork State Park situation where it's a big forest. It's um, it's there because the beach is there. So, mm-hmm. for what that's worth, I do have an article that ran in uh, this year, actually May fourth, twenty sixteen, in in Howland, which is up in Trumbull County. Um, Pete Condolios of Howland says he and a friend believe they spotted the creature previously in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen. But now Condolios thinks this Bigfoot is back and brought friends. We found these tracks just this week and they're fresh. He said they were found in a wooded area in Howland Township. The one print is very large and there are two smaller sets that are still pretty big. He placed a dollar bill next to one of the prints to show how large it is. He added that he plans to track the creatures and hopes to find them soon. There's there's a very nondescript footprint. Looks to me like a boot print. Um, I'm not seeing any toe in these photos. So 
I would say that's, and that's the most recent I've got off of my minuscule amount of research. Having said that, I've talked to people at events um, who've heard things, seen things. Every time we do a small town monsters event, someone tells me their kind of Bigfoot story. So I, I do think there's there's actually been supposedly um, there was a ton of activity this past spring, right around the same time as the Ohio Bigfoot Conference, <laughs> uh, to bolster the attendance. And uh, Bigfoot's <laughs> ears were burning. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so from what I heard, there was a very active spring, but I haven't heard much uh, in the summer of this year. And I do know that m- news media in Ohio is not reporting as much on this subject because they've got a lot of other stuff going on. The RNC was going on, and right. so it was a busy news year. So so we didn't have all these Bigfoot sighting re- report stories that we usually get during the spring and summer. Um, so, but But yeah, I don't know if you have any other to kind of wrap it up or no, that was those were the thoughts. ones and i the, the reason i brought those up is that you know despite the fact that um lake and ashtabula county are for the most part you know being traveled by people all the time there's seems to be you know not not a high percentage but there's certainly a few bigfoot stories that you get every so often and uh since i'm now in that general area it's uh it's kind of interesting to think that you know we could be just going out for a little stroll at our local metro parks and run across a bigfoot Um, yeah because that's how it sounds like some of these are taking place well it's Um, similar down here near in in akron because there's there's sighting reports on the bfro from the gorge which if you yeah i mean if you know where the gorge metro park is it's it's literally lined with houses Mm -hmm. um it's a really cool park and it feels in some spots like you're in the middle of nowhere but you are surrounded by city um so for there to be something back there i find that pretty unbelievable unless it was a creature that was following the the river and just followed for some reason all the way down through i mean you're you're there's neighborhoods on both sides of that park you know it's it's surrounded by people um there's there but but Akron, Akron Metro Parks feel very isolated. They just aren't. If you look at mm-hmm. where you are on a map, you're you're surrounded by city, but they feel isolated. So I kind of, I find these sighting reports, uh, I'm always really interested in these ones that are taking place in, in Metro Parks that are surrounded by city. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it just begs the question, if that is a real creature, flesh and blood creature, what's it doing there? Mm-hmm. You know, what's driving it out of, you know, because we hear all the time about how Bigfoot's reclusive and knows 100% how to evade human beings. So what makes one stroll into a Summit County Metro Park and almost pose for a picture, you know? It's, yeah. it's wild. But I guess the the flip side of that is that in order to have a Bigfoot sighting, you have to have a person seeing Bigfoot. Yeah. So. Um, you know, the, the higher percentage of people maybe has something to do with that. I don't know. We do know, I mean, Ohio in general has more than enough space uh, for something to roam. And, and, you know, you get down Knox County, Vinton County, um, the Hocking Hills area. There's, there's plenty of habitat. That's not the issue. Mm-hmm.